In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 156th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, The Falcons Are In a Football Sunken Place. Look that up from the movie Get Out. It's not uh, as deep as uh, that movie portrayed, but it's a football sunken place. And in the football sunken place, you're living with the likes of the Miami Dolphins at 0-6, the Cincinnati Bengals at 0-8, the Washington Redskins at 1-7, the Atlanta Falcons at 1-7, Denver Broncos 2-6, and in that losing football sunken place after going down 27-20. to Against the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday, Falcons did their fall behind thing, did it as best as they could this year, falling behind 24 to nothing, and then uh, tried to dig out of the hole, almost did it. If uh, Freeman doesn't fumble on the one, uh, it's a one-score game with about 10 minutes to go, and uh, Matt Schaub was hot. So, uh, But when you, you're losing like this, the, the things just don't go right. They didn't go right for the Falcons yesterday, uh, even though they had a couple opportunities with a couple onside kicks late. But hey, when you're in the football sunken place at 1-7, and seven, when you're supposed to be a contender, your owner comes out and speaks after the game. So we're going to hear uh, Arthur Blank's 5 minutes and 32 seconds of it, and then we'll break that down for you. We'll go to Matt Schaub, who had a game, 39 completions, uh, 39-year-old guy got it done, uh, talk about the sack streak that ended, what's going on with the first halves, and then we'll look ahead to the trade deadline, uh, which is Tuesday at 4 p.m. in the bye week for the Falcons. But hey, without further ado, let's go to owner Arthur Blank, who spoke to the media after the game. Here it is. It's a very fair, fair question. Uh, I would say that, you know, much like the coach has said, I, uh, you know, I'm extraordinarily disappointed um, in the season. Uh, nobody would have anticipated one and seven, um, and uh, you know, the lack of consistency. And today was a prime example of that. We're down 24 nothing. We can just play the second half. We would have won the game, but it didn't work that way. So uh, we'll take the next couple of weeks um, during this five period of time and uh, evaluate where we are. And, you know, whatever decision we have to make will be made for the right reasons for the long term. Um, we certainly have a lot of intelligence on this coaching staff. We have side down. We have three other head coaches. And uh, we've got, you know, three general managers in the building beyond Thomas. There are actually four, including Rich McKay. So... You know, the, the knowledge base is there, but the performance is not. And this is a performance-driven business. I understand that. And they understand that as well. So um, we'll continue to 
look at everything we can and, and um, make the right decisions when we have to make them. Uh, I'm not bashful about making those decisions. Uh, in almost 20 years, I've had to do it almost five times now. So it's, uh, uh, I understand the responsibility that I have to the fans and to the sponsors and our players and, you know, and, and coaches, etc., to put a winning team on the field. And that's, we're still committed to that a thousand percent. Uh, and that's not going to change. So just, so, so just to reaffirm, you're not going to do anything for these couple of weeks? Well, we are going to do something. We're going to continue to, to think really hard and evaluate everything that we can do um, as, uh, as an owner uh, and as a senior management team and figure out if there's anything we can do to um, make some decisions any earlier or any later that would help the process. But we have no plans on making any changes right now. Have I'll you heard about making change well, it's you know it's it's, it's very painful. Um, I mean, it's very painful because not only you know I'm an owner, but I am a steward for the fans. I'm a custodian of the team on their behalf, and and I you know I feel their pain. I truly do, and I see their pain. And I understand uh, you know what they're going through, and and uh, it's you know it's bewilderment how we can play that way in the first half and completely differently in the second half, and and. Uh, but that's kind of been typical of the year. We just haven't had the kind of consistency uh, to win games. And uh, um, whatever the reasons are, they are. But um, it's just not acceptable uh, at any levels. And, um, you know, we have to continue to think about, you know, what's the best thing for the franchise and the team on a long-term basis. And what we'll about, do that. What about when the fans, when you don't see a lot of the fans here, we see a lot of empty seats? It's very painful. I, I understand that. I mean, I, you know... I, I'm, I'm always going to be here, and I'm going to be in my seat, and hopefully, you know, the great majority of our fans will as well, and um, I think they understand our our ownership has been committed, you know, for almost 20 years now in, in doing the right things for the franchise. I look at our record over that period of time compared to prior 36 years, and it's extraordinarily good, and, and even for this staff, I mean, it's hard to imagine, but we played Super Bowl two and a half years ago, and year following when we weren't supposed to be competitive we we were five yards away from playing for the nfc championship game and so it's in the, in the last year we had a number of injuries as we all know but um that's all history and it's um, it's nice to understand that and appreciate that um but this is now business and it's a now game and so we got to perform differently have you ruled out making a change during the season i already answered that question i'm looking like given your experience now Yeah, I mean, you understand, um, you know, you begin to understand a little more clearly about um, the one key thing I think here to keep in mind, and uh, it's not, you know, a reason one or another, but it is a fact. The players, I mean, they, they love Dan Quinn, um, and they're playing hard for him. The results aren't there, and I understand that, and they understand that as well. Um, you all heard about Julio's comments this last week. I happened to be in the locker room, and... You know, I've never, in 20 years, I've never heard a player, you know, talk that way with that emotional content and that fervor and that, that um, you know, that uh, feelings about their responsibility and their own accountability. And uh, I think he touched a lot of players um, and the whole staff, I think, in doing that. 
but that has to convert to uh, a different record. No, I, I mean, I, as I said earlier, I think it's important. I think the players have not lost confidence in the coach and the coaching staff, and they're playing with high energy. They're committed. They're practicing hard. They're working hard. They're as uh, befuddled, I think, as we are, um, as the coaches are. I don't think they view it as uh, a lack of confidence in the coach and the coaching staff. I think they very committed to working for him and doing whatever they have to do. Hopefully it'll be enough, but we'll see. Thank you. That was owner Arthur Blank. Here, let's recap. A couple highlights. Evaluations over the next couple weeks. He was pointing to the head coaches and GMs in the building, referencing their knowledge base. Uh, it, you know, the knowledge base is high, but the performance is low. So, uh, I understood that. Uh, he's not bashful about making these changes and he slipped up. He's almost had to do it five times. That would mean that one more is coming. So, uh, I don't know. Some people read a lot into the five times comment. I'll just leave it at that for what it's worth. Has a duty to his fans, sponsors, players, and coaches, and he's 100% committed to winning. Uh, no plans on making changes, any changes right now. Now, that's going to, you know, that could change. His uh, role, I think he takes his role, well, I know he does, as a steward and custodian of the franchise. Very important. That's very important to him to, to represent for the city and have the team winning. Uh, you know, the empty seats are painful for him. Uh, I don't understand that. If you pay for your tickets and you call yourself a fan, your team's going through a rough patch or two and you decide not to show up. I don't um, get that. I know the fans in other parts around the country uh, was pointed out. I pointed out in a tweet about the Browns fans. They they had their team stolen, got an expansion team back, and they were horrible for decades and still are fighting for respectability. But they, they'll throw 80000 out there on Sunday like nothing. And, uh, uh, you know, they're just trying to get back to five hundred. But it's like the Falcons fans feel entitled to a winning team or they're going to stay at home. So I don't know. Y'all fans might might be, um, you know, need to look out to Seattle and see how the 12s represent. But uh, if you're a fan and you support your team, I don't know how staying away support your team. But I know you're disappointed and down because they're not winning. But you got to go through the, the wins and the losses. It's a now business said owner Arthur Blank, and right now it's not very good. Uh, it made a point of Julio's speeches and the players' confidence in the coaches and so forth. That leads me to believe, um, you know, uh don't want to speculate too much, but that he want to keep them together and maybe uh, look at uh, – uh, get it to the end of the season and then make, a, you know, do whatever the evaluations say do. Second, franchise record 39 completions by Matt Schaub yesterday. Came off the bench through for 460 yards just behind the 503 that Matt Ryan threw out there. 
in that win over Carolina on uh, October the 2nd, 2016. He was 28-37 to 37 for 503 and four touchdowns. That was Julio Jones's 12 catches for 300-yard game against the Panthers. So Matt Schott went out there and uh, did his thing. They didn't have any films on him. He was hitting, uh, hit, hitting Julio and sitting him down in those zones and uh, had a great uh, game for Matt Schott. Tried to rally the troops, but uh, the defense um, giving up those three straight touchdowns in the second quarter didn't help them out much. So, uh, Matt Schaub, hats off to the veteran for coming in with a game performance. Third, the sack total, sack streak is over. The Falcons got a sack with 8.52 in the third. Grady Jarrett got Russell Wilson down. Tyler Davidson got him down later. Uh, after the game, I went and counted up the snaps, and uh, they went into the game with 318 snaps, and I counted the sack on the 40th snap. So I added 39, and I got the 357 defensive plays without a sack. Grady Jarrett had a good one there. Uh, he also led the team in tackles with eight, had the one sack for minus nine yards, one tackle for loss, two quarterback hits, Grady Jarrett getting it done. Devondre Campbell, who is uh, one of the top tacklers in the league, he added seven on yesterday. Uh, DeMonte Casey had five, Sheffield five, Ricardo Allen five, Vic Beasley five, uh, Tyler Davidson four, Deion Jones four, Tack McKinley, three, and then just a couple twos and ones, uh, rest of the uh, on down the list. So two sacks, three quarterback hits. Hey, that's a, uh, that's a, a step in the right direction. All right, first halves. <clears throat> Falcons have been outscored by 94 points in the first half. Uh Again, 24 to nothing yesterday was their biggest first half deficit all season. Uh, second half deficit was the Houston game. That was, uh, we didn't even want to go there. But what's happening in the first half to why they're consistently getting beat up on in the first half? Uh, you know, two theories you throw out there. It's like, oh, they're not ready to play. The light switch didn't come on to the second half they played. Okay. I don't think that's the one. Because I know they practice hard, and uh, those coaches spend too much time uh, watching film for them to not have a plausible game plan together to play football. It's not rocket science. So they're not ready to play. I'm going to throw that one out. Now, center Alex Mack gave us a good one. Uh, he said, hey, we're playing some good teams here in the first half of the season. And, you know, if you make a mistake or two here, they're going to capitalize. Okay, and uh, that's certainly what happened against Seattle. I mean, they, um, you know, they came out. It was three to nothing. The Falcons didn't go for it on fourth and one. Uh, decided to kick the 51-yarder. Matt misses wide left. Seattle comes down and uh, runs the ball down down the field uh, with some authority behind Rashard Penny and, and Chris Carson. Then they get down in the red zone, and then the Falcons uh, leave a receiver wide open. So you can't make those mistakes. The team's going to capitalize on it. So that got Seattle rolling, pushing the Falcons further into that sunken place when you, you know stuff bad keeps happening to you. Any little thing kind of starts triggering stuff until you kind of got to pull out of it. And so the better teams, we can we can debate that. 
But they certainly did have a tougher schedule here in the first half of the season where, you know, especially with their struggles against AFC teams, they had three of those. Uh, you open up at Minnesota on the road. That's a tough one. Seattle travels. That's a good one. Uh, the Rams defending NFC champs, you know. Uh, there's nobody. Uh, the game they should have won was Arizona. You get Arizona, steal the Rams. Uh, they got the Eagles game. Shouldn't have, uh, shouldn't have, the Colts are better than a lot of people thought. So, I mean, I saw that schedule. It was like, hey, if they can make it to 4-4, four and four, uh, you know, they'll be okay in the second half of the season uh, because they'll be playing uh, – you know, the division games, uh, didn't think San Francisco would be 7-0 and now, but they are. So, um, you know, the good teams thing is, is a big argument for why these first halves have been so bad. Uh, the fact that, uh, you know, you get against a good team, you make some mistakes, and the next thing you know, you're down 21 to nothing. They're going to make you pay. And they certainly have played a tough schedule and even gets tougher here down the stretch. So the trade deadline's coming up. Number five for us today, just to recap, we listened to Arthur Blank, talked about Matt Schaub's career franchise record, uh, 39 completions and uh, second in yards with 460 to the 503, then the sacks, then the first half theories, and the trade deadline is Tuesday at 4. Uh, Vic Beasley, of course, is on the block. I don't, I, you know, found out he doesn't have any trade value. It's going to be hard for them to move him. They're not trading Austin Hooper, the tight end. They're going to try to get, you know, if you got a good football player, you try to keep him. That makes sense to me. So they're going to try to do that. Uh, Devontae Freeman, this was a little bit out of the, you know, John Clayton of the Washington Post, former ESPN and a longtime uh, NFL writer from Pittsburgh. Uh, John said, uh, watch for Freeman and Adrian Claiborne uh, and Devontae Freeman. Devontae uh, had the key fumble yesterday. Doesn't have a rushing touchdown this year where Tevin Coleman has eight and had three yesterday in San Francisco's blowout of the uh, Carolina Panthers. So watch these names at the trading deadline uh, Tuesday at 4 p.m. I don't know if uh, they need to send a message to the with the evaluations with the blank thing blank uh, press conference. Uh, they're going to slow roll this thing, but uh, you know who's going to be making these decisions? Uh, these former GMs by committee on whether to take the uh, offers. I don't think it's going to be an all-out fire sale, but. Uh, you know, they're definitely, I don't know if you're sending a message to the locker room that, hey, this type of play is unacceptable, or are they going to keep rolling with the players that got them to 7-1? and one? So it's going to be interesting to see what happens on the uh, trading deadline. We'll see if uh, any, things get, uh, any deals get done here today. Uh, Monday, we're going to try to shut it down here for a little bit and get out to Flowery Branch a little later today. Dan Quinn speaking at 3.30. The team is uh, available at 1.30. If, you know, we'll see who's in the locker room. Uh, today and uh, you know see how they're getting ready for their bye week and uh, you know we'll do that and then uh, get ready for the bye week here we'll still have some items for you uh, on AJC.com we'll have some from Coach Quinn later today for sure on his interpretation of uh, the one and seven record with that we're going to get on out of here (laughs) 
the 156th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Take care and have a great rest of the week. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.